What is one lesson that you have learned in the past year? What is one thing you can do to make 2022 the best year possible? And what is one thing that entrepreneurs need to keep in mind as we enter 2022? These are the three components that Rich and I discuss today as we prepare ourselves and our entrepreneurial listeners for the coming year. It's really hard to believe that we are kicking off season three of the Entrepreneurs United podcast. We want to thank you for joining us on this journey. We wish you all a very prosperous, healthy, and successful 2022. Let me clarify what we're doing. Sure. One thing, one lesson learned from 2021. One thing to make 2022 the best year possible. One thing for entrepreneurs to keep in mind in 2022. And then we'll reflect a bit on the podcast. So does that even count as one thing? It sounds like three things. Listen, I think to have one thing in different categories to accomplish the one thing, which is the goal, which is how are we going to move forward in 2022? And how, you know, what are we excited about? And what are some pivots we may make or changes we may make and how we even operate individually, personally in our business? So it's all to accomplish that one thing, but to break it down to smaller one things, I think it's completely acceptable. And especially when you do it in threes, uh, some of our guests have reminded us of that. If we had 10 categories and one thing, I don't think that would count. <laughs> I'd agree. <laughs> Uh, your call. Do you want to kick it off or would you like me to? Yeah. You know, even before I do that and make it off a little bit, you know, one of the things I typically like to do at the end of the year, every year, and it doesn't necessarily apply to what I've learned in that year, but it might is what am I leaving behind? And it, I think it's part and parcel to what I've learned and what I'm also leaving behind, which is life controlling me, the tail wagging the dog. Uh, in 2020 and in 2021, we were affected by this pandemic. And in a lot of cases, I let the pandemic control me because I had to. I didn't have a choice. We were locked down. We couldn't travel. We couldn't do things. And I want to leave that behind. And it's a lesson uh, that I think throughout this podcast, too, we've learned. And I, and I can't remember exactly the guest that said it. But the guest said, if you look at your calendar for next week and it doesn't get you excited, you're doing something wrong. And that's a big learning for me. As I move into 2022, I want to be able to look at my calendar next week and get excited about it, as opposed to waiting till Monday morning and going, what do I have going on this week? And it's too late at that point. I think too many times in the past year or two, I've felt victim to, well, there's a shutdown, there's a lockdown, I can't do anything. Uh, and then I wasn't excited about what I had going on that following week. I still was trying to accomplish my one thing for the year or that month, but I want to be more intentional about what I'm doing next week, as opposed to what I'm doing today. I was very intentional throughout this past couple of years about what I'm doing today, but I wasn't forward looking because the forward looking was too unknown. And so for me, that's my big lesson learned. Uh, it's also what I want to leave behind. And, uh, and pivot and change a little bit personally as I head into 2022. How about yourself? So you had being intentional and not allowing some unproductive things to control you. I'm just curious to go a layer deeper with you on. Yeah. Give an example of a time where maybe that happened, that if you were focused on being more intentional, maybe it wouldn't have happened. Well, there, there's the obvious, exam obvious examples that part of one of the things I want to do in my life is go on vacation with my wife. Well, we weren't able to do that. I was, I was forced to not be able to do that. 
So whether I was trying to be intentional or not, I couldn't be intentional. So that's, that's one example where I couldn't control what I couldn't control. But then I fell victim to the situations where I possibly could have controlled to be more productive and more intentional about what I'm going to do next week. But because we were locked down, because we were shut down, because things, you know, have always been touch and go throughout the past couple of years, I feel like I wasn't as intentional about my next week. And so, you know, examples to that is the way I would feel on Monday morning where I'm like, what do I got going on this week? Well, if I don't know what I have going on this week, I'm probably not too excited about it. Um, I know what I got going on next week as an example, and I'm excited about it. But if I don't know what I have going on that week, when that week starts, probably wasn't very intentional, probably wasn't as productive as it could have been. And that's, that's the pivot I want to be able to change. So to give you, I, you know, I won't give you specific examples, but it's that feeling you have on Monday morning when you're like, what's going on this week? Mm. Probably are not too excited about it and probably is a sign of not being intentional. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I would say I was trying to find a big failure to be able to highlight yeah. uh, in honor of Aaron Deal on fail. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what I came across, interestingly enough, was a big success. And what I would say in terms of lesson learned, I think of the word embrace, and it's specifically for me embracing what is present, what is here for me. Uh, One of our franchise owners who happens to be Buddhist has talked about the uh, Buddhist principle of suffering and that all suffering is in the denial of what's present, what's here right now. And he gave the example of Uh, If you told a child, hey, we're going to give you a a vaccine or a flu shot or or any type of a shot, the child might go, oh, I don't want the flu shot. I don't want that. Why would you do that? Oh, it's going to hurt so bad. And it's not even here right now. Right. And, And there's suffering happening in the present. Nothing is actually wrong. In the moment of the shot, how long does a shot take? It literally takes like a second. Maybe a second and a half if the person giving the shot is terrible at it. And then after the shot, the kid's like, oh, that hurt. It hurt back there when you gave me the shot. Oh, that hurt so bad. Why would you subject me to that? And it's like in that given moment before the shot, there was nothing wrong. In the moment of the shot, it was like one second. And after a shot, it typically doesn't hurt but then there's all this suffering afterwards. So I want to give you two examples in my life of where I found in just embracing what was present for me that Mm -hmm. I feel like were just substantial wins for me. One example is going to be personal and the other one's going to be professional. Um, As you know, and we've talked about just not on air, but I'm willing to share some of my personal life on air. Um, This year was a turning point for the relationship that my wife and I have with her ex, the uh, father of the three stepchildren who I raise. And I've got four kids for listeners who don't know. I have three stepchildren and one original child. And we had a really dysfunctional relationship with him that quite honestly, my wife and I uh, led. We kind of started that dysfunctional relationship because we were feeling uh, fearful about the relationship and what might happen. And I won't even get into those details. It's not worth it. Sure. And one of the things that we did and we led that was really not healthy was we started to ignore him and his wife at yeah. the drop-off many years ago. I mean, we're talking 
six, seven years ago. Mm. And it just wasn't functional. And we've, we've really unintentionally put the kids in the middle and we regretted it. And we really didn't know how to get out of where we were. So that's where we found ourselves. What ended up happening in 2021 is our 18-year-old graduated high school and she was going into the Navy. As if listeners listen to every podcast, they know I've I've worn a Navy sweatshirt and uh, proud of her having gone into the Navy. So we knew that that was happening and she would go away. And uh, Shelby, my wife, invited um, her ex, the the father of the kids, uh, over to the house for a graduation party. Yeah. And I said to Shelby, if we're going to do this, I want this to be a pivot point. I want to embrace this moment and radically change our relationship from unhealthy to healthy. And she and I agreed to do that. And we did. What ended up coming from that, we invited uh, them over the kid's father and uh, his wife invited them over for the graduation party with family. Uh, We went over the top, serving them drinks, making, I mean, we treated them like a family member, no different. Um, We ended up throwing a party with majority, my family and uh, Shelby's family for Kaylin before she went into the Navy and we invited them and they accepted and they were sitting at the table And I was sitting right across from him. And I took the opportunity at that dinner to say, you know, I really want a different relationship with you. And I don't want it to end when Kaylin leaves. I want a different relationship with you. And I'm sorry for my contribution to the relationship that we've had up to this point. And I don't think it's been healthy. I acknowledge it's majority. We kicked it off. You responded to what we were doing. uh, And I'm sorry. And I hope you'll accept that apology. Um, He did accept that apology. Since that time, uh, we went out to dinner together with the kids. And our kid, I said, you know, original child Shelby and I have a child named Paige who's eight years old. Paige is over at dinner at Cracker Barrel between Rick and Joanne and talking to them and they're playing together. Uh, And that was before we were sending Kaylin off to the Navy. There was a time when we were talking about what do we do about child support and there needed to be a a reckoning of that, that normally might've been lawyers on both sides. Sent him a text message and said, hey, why don't we go out to lunch and have a conversation about it? We did. We went out to lunch, had an incredibly civil conversation about it. Guess what happened at that lunch? Kaylin called while she was in Navy boot camp. (laughs) And the only time in her entire life, and she had no idea we were together. She, yep. she just randomly called. The only time in her entire life, she's like, Dad, Joanne, Rich, Mom, you guys are together? We're like, <laughs> it's going to make me emotional. And yeah. we're like, yeah, like this is because we support you and we changed our relationship. And that, that yeah. was incredibly productive. We took a picture at Kaylin's graduation, the only picture to date ever of her father and myself and her in the middle, and we were supporting her. This year, they gave Paige a Christmas gift, a Lego set, never acknowledged with any gift ever before. It's so functional. 
I want to, I need to embrace the opportunities. And it's a lesson I learned in 2021 that that was such a win to change our relationship. But we feel like the weight on us is so lifted. I didn't even realize what the weight was. Yeah. And I want to take more opportunities like that. I'll give you a work example. I had to be incredibly flexible this year. A person who I report to had been around the company for 27 years, as long as the company's been around, he ended up moving to be president of another company. I got very little notice. I got like four different teams who I found out on like two days notice would be reporting to me because we're a publicly traded company that couldn't, that couldn't have leaked out. Um, So it became public when it became public and everybody knew. And I took four different teams on in his absence. And I did a really good job of embracing what was there for me. And I had to reshuffle responsibilities. Well, then when it came time to fill his role, I knew that his particular role was not something that uh, I would be skilled at long term. Uh, So I didn't even apply for the role. So somebody else ended up getting the role. I didn't even apply. And it turns out those four teams ended up, and I agreed, moving over to that other person. I had to be incredibly flexible there at what was present for me. And it ended up for me in a real success at Serta Pro now where I, I had my dream job, John, which is I get to work with the senior leaders of the company on practicing organizational health within their teams, looking at the strategy within their teams, uh, breaking down any silos that may exist, working with those that have direct reports on their leadership skills. That never would have been happened. That never would have happened if I didn't embrace what was there for me and I didn't allow myself to be more flexible than sometimes what my nature is. Mm -hmm. So, man, when I was looking for a failure, I came across a couple of successes and it all centered around this kind of embracing what's present that I'm not always great at and want to be intentional about and use that in 2022. Those are great stories, Rich. And, and it, you know, it, it brings through a little bit, you know, I talked about what I want to leave behind and I want to leave this lockdown behind. I want to free myself up and it plays a little bit into what you're talking about because the weight that you have when you have negativity going on, right. Or the way you felt about your relationship with uh, your stepkid's father, right. It's draining. It's draining sometimes to have those feelings, that weight, that And that sometimes you don't even realize it. You don't even realize yeah. how draining it is. No, you don't because you have just as much joy to ignore it and yeah. and try and try and be you know the tough person who's gonna you know not give in to the negativity of the relationship. But the the weight off your shoulders in 2021 by embracing the present. And, and I'll, I'll also say this, which is very difficult for uh, type A personality entrepreneurs to do is to be the bigger person. You know, you are the bigger person who spoke first, apologized first for your contributions, right? Um, and, and made a decision, hey, let's move past this moment. And Initially, it was selfish driven a little bit for both of you guys, probably on both sides of the fence. But then when you both realized, hey, this is what's in the best interest of the kids or in some cases, the company, um, you know, you're, the weight off all of your shoulders came completely off. And so I love that, uh, you know, you brought up the, the, the Buddhist you know, denial of what is, is present. And there's a lot of perception versus reality 
the stories we talk about in our own heads. And, you know, it's another way to put it is what are your obstacles? You know, what are the obstacles that you face? Uh, and a few, few weeks back in my daily 20 minute uh, white paper, uh, I actually put uh, down, what are all the obstacles that I have faced? They're kind of my restrainers, like what's holding me back. And there are quite a few things I would list down there. And, you know, what I also started to do is, okay, well, how am I going to get rid of these restrainers? And to your point, one of those restrainers in your life was that relationship. Um, and, and, you know, it kind of brings up, you know, in 2022, probably a good initiative is what other relationships or obstacles mm. do we have that we can clear off the deck? Cause it's just not worth it. It's just not worth that weight. We can't feel and get rid of them so you can move forward. Right. That's so really good. I, you know, the only thing I'm compelled and thanks for the kind words you threw in there. And the only thing I'm compelled to want to come back to is you use the words. I was the bigger person and I, I and I want to correct that or change that. I don't think it was that I was a bigger person because the insinuation in that is, is he was a smaller person. He wasn't the smaller person. What I was is I made a decision. We are going to behave in a manner we're proud of. And Shelby yep. and I talked about it. I was the man who I wanted to be finally, yep. because I found myself being not feeling good about our relationship. And I know I was the one that let it off. And I wanted to be proud of myself again and reinstill being proud of myself and my relationship with him. So bigger man, smaller man, like it was just a decision to be proud of myself again. Yep. And Shelby and I talked about it and we even said, they're not going to believe it. We're going to yep. have to keep coming. It's going to have to be consistent. It's been so many years uh, of a fractured relationship. They'll probably yep. question it at first. And we're just going to have to keep coming. We don't need anything from them for yep. us to act in the way that we can be proud of ourselves. They, we don't need a particular response mm. from them. We're going to keep coming. We're going to keep coming with more compassion and pride in ourselves. So I, I just wanted to double back on that because I think it's a it's an important well, piece. Yeah, but Rich, I mean, most listeners don't know that you're a pretty big man. You're 6'3" six, four, maybe. I mean, you're, you're, so you might've been physically, but, <laughs> but you're right. It's a, it's a very fair correction that, uh, you know, what I was, what I was really trying to articulate is sometimes there's this ego battle that gets placed between totally. who's right and who's wrong. And it takes that first person to kind of put that barrier down and say, you know what, introspectively I've contributed to this and um, I'm sorry. Yeah. And have no expectation of them saying the same thing on the other side. Yeah. Like the one, the one thing you just said that, um, you know, I think the biggest uh, person who's talked about this that I've heard is uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. We've talked a lot on this episode. And one of the pieces of content that I love about what he talks about is don't expect anything from anybody. Mm. Just keep giving, just keep giving. And you know what? It will come back around, but don't expect anything from anybody. Mm. And in this particular case, you and Shelby made a decision, right? And you can also do this as entrepreneurs in your business is just keep giving to your employees. Keep, you know, you, employees, you'll have some employees that may not do right upon you, but do right to them. Because mm -hmm. if you keep doing that, you'll find the right mix, right? So, um, okay, well, I, I love that way we started, which is one is, the, you know, what is the one lesson? Although, I'm, you know, you boiled yours into one lesson, but there's a few lessons that boiled into it, but I'm giving, giving yeah. you that one. But as we <laughs> move forward, you know, the next component was what is the one thing you're, look, you're you're most excited about? Is that correct? Yeah. Well, one thing that 
you want to do or something you're excited about that is going to make 2022 the best year possible. Awesome. So I want to, I want to start off with this on my end, because this is uh, something I'll always remember about you. Mm. Uh, we were in our twenties, uh, traveling, working together, having a good time. And very frequently, uh, you were, you were even emotional when you were in your twenties. So that's nothing different about Rich Hoffman, <laughs> but you would, you would look over at me and go, John, do you realize where these are the good old days? Mm. Yes. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? I remember the first time going, like, what do you mean? He's like, well, when we're later on in life, when we're having this conversation, we're going to say, remember those good old days? Well, that's right now. And that's very touching. And so I'll give you a really good example. I'm, I'm home for the holidays now. And, uh, you know, one of the things we did is we found my mom's video cassettes and she used to record everything. She would literally record like everybody opening up every present for two hours on the videotape. Right. <laughs> uh, and so loads and loads and loads of VHS tapes, camcorder tapes, uh, the whole nine. So we took an opportunity last night to plug the camcorder into the TV and just sit there for hours on end watching what was recorded and the laughs and all, you know, we were watching the good old days yeah, right in our heads. And a lot of the comments that I heard were, remember, we used to have parties. Remember when we used to do this, remember, and we were reminiscing about the good old days. And part of me at one point came up to me, well, why aren't we creating new good old days? Hmm. Why do, why does that have to be the good old days? And so I, I started second, second thinking that premise that you had when you said, when we talk back in the, in the, in the future, we're going to look back and say, these are the good old days. Well, why can't next year be the good old days? Mm. There's so much that life has to offer that it kind of combines part and parcel rich to what I want to leave behind. I don't want to be restrained. I don't want the tail wagging the dog. I don't want life wagging me. I want me to wag life and, and control what we're doing, how we're doing it. And I want to look back at 2022 and go, that was a good year. That was one of the best years possible. Uh, maximized everything that life had out there uh, to offer. And that takes, you know, maybe the next step, which is, you know, what I, how can you do that? And I think for me, uh, it's part of the lesson that I continue to learn through this podcast, which is that clarity and intentionality. Uh, do I have clarity on what I want to accomplish? And am I being intentional about scheduling those trips with my wife, scheduling you know, opportunities with my kids, business, you know, making sure we're scheduling what we're going to do to accomplish the goals that we're going to accomplish, setting those goals, just having that intentionality around success in 2022 on all particular levels. Um, so that, that's kind of the, when I look at next year, I think that that's kind of my motto is I want to bring back the good old days in 2022, not just 2022, but I got to start with 2022 because I can't, I'll never look back at 2021 and 2020 and probably not 2019 and probably not 2018, to be honest with you and say, well, those were the good old days. So dang it. Like it's time to make it happen. Like it's time to let, you know, this pandemic move past us to, to live our lives and be intentional about how do we make 2022 those that year we'll look back and go, wow, really came out with intention and made it my best year possible. It is interesting. You're right. I think not many people are going to call 20. Uh, what would it have been today? This is 2021, 2020. But I can say 2020 was like the good old days or even 2019, like the era of COVID in the first year and a half, two years 
Hard to call that the good old days. I'm curious, you had mentioned a couple of times like vacation with Amy. Yeah. Um, what other things are you in, planning to be intentional about to make it the good old days in 2022? Yeah. So... Well, that one comes to mind quickly because we together as a couple haven't been on vacation probably since early 2019, mm -hmm. right? Um, that's difficult for, for a relationship. You want to have those experiences together, right? I'll take it a step further, which is, you know, we have kids that are 15 and 13 that in a few years will be like, oh man, we had that opportunity while they were part of our family uh, couldn't drive, couldn't stay home on their own where we had to, you know, bring them with us to go do these experiences together that we've been robbed of quite honestly, you know, over the past couple of years. So we need to be intentional about that. Then I take it a step further and I'm sticking with business with family, excuse me, before I even go to business and other things, but you know, family, we haven't had family reunions. We haven't gotten together for at a summer house for the week with the family. We haven't, you know, I, I have a, a, a distinct difference especially with some people where my family's international. So the, the international restrictions have been very stringent over the past couple of years, right? So I haven't been able to have those family reunions. Oh, remember the good old time? We got all the uncles and aunts and family together. Like that hasn't happened over the past few years. So I need to be intentional about how we're going to do that. Um, and then I can move to myself personally too. Um, you know, I've been restricted on travel. I want to be, be, I mean, you and I have seen each other once in the past five or six years. I haven't had a chance to have experiences we would want to have together. Uh, so with friends and being intentional about time for myself to do things that maybe I want to accomplish and do, but then it also goes to the business side of things and accomplishing certain objectives, uh, being rewarded by those objectives, uh, having, you know, you know, even doing things with the company, I mean, we haven't been able to do um, summits or meetings and, and experiences with our professional relationships, networking events, those have just kind of gone away. Uh, so the network is really a more of a virtual digital network now than, than, you know, uh, personal. So just a lot of experiences is the bucket I would put it into that uh, we're lacking. I love you started with family and yourself. And then you went to business. And that's one of the lessons is you've highlighted that we got from many of the guests in 2021 was being intentional about things and really starting with yourself and your family and having your business wrap around what your needs are around yourself and your family. And I know you didn't do that on purpose. Like that's just part of your hardwiring on focusing on family and yourself first. And it's like, okay, now I'm going to get to business. I think that's such a healthy approach that you have. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. How about yourself? How are you going to make 2022 the best year possible for yourself? Well, I came up with one word. The one thing to focus on uh, for me would be evolve mm -hmm. and specifically evolve myself. Uh, and it starts with me this year through all the flexibility that uh, in embracing that I needed to do in uh, my professional life, I let go some of focusing on me. And it's like, at what point am I going to stop struggling to practice the daily habits every day that I know make me feel good? Whether it be between exercise and meditation or eating or podcasts or reading or like, at what point can I just be consistent and unwavering? And in preparing for the conversation with you, it was like, it starts with me, 
And I need to take the entrepreneurial spirit that I have that you and I both have that's a do whatever it takes attitude. And we do that about business. Mm. I need to have a do whatever it takes attitude to prioritize myself first yeah, and to follow the things that get me, first of all, started off on a good day. I know exactly how I have my best day every day and it starts in the morning and I get up, I go walk for 20 minutes on a treadmill. I listen to a podcast that has positive information. I get off the treadmill. I meditate for 20 minutes. I take a shower. I come downstairs, have breakfast with one or two of the kids, since we have two in the house now and not four. Um, And then I go read for about 20 minutes. And then I start my day. And I'll be darned, man. Like, I know that's what helps me start a good day great. And I did not stick to it. Mm -hmm. And I started having phone calls at 730 in the morning and said, I need them to start at eight o'clock to do my full routine. Sometimes I had calls at seven o'clock and didn't even do breakfast with the kids the way that I normally like to. And I just need my priorities to get straight. And my priorities getting straight starts with practicing self-compassion and evolving myself to put myself first, particularly in the mornings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is really, um, and you probably know the saying better than I do, which is uh, sometimes being selfish isn't selfless. Is that, is that the saying? Um, I don't remember the saying at the moment. Something like that, right? Yeah. But if you're not selfish about your own routine and what you need to operate at the best, then you're not going to give your best to your team, to your people, to your, to your family, to yourself. You just all around, it, it, there's a snowball effect. So having that selfish intent to protect what's important for yourself really helps everybody around you. As well totally. at the same time. I think that I think it's um, self-compassion is not selfish. So like caring for yourself mm-hmm. isn't selfish. Yep. Um, and, and and again, I just I know this is not talking about something that uh, we failed at in 2021. But when I think about I can't help but think about, man, the best year possible. If I could stay on that morning routine and start my day great like that every yep. day, whether I'm out of town whether it's a weekend, if I could do that every day, the momentum that I would just feel emotionally and the confidence I'd be able to bring forward, knowing that I'm disciplined in that way to put myself first and that rejuvenating beginning Mm -hmm. of a day is coming again tomorrow, despite what happens throughout the rest of the day. Yeah. It is amazing when you think about, um, and, 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 you know, we're probably about 70 podcasts deep, uh, consistent here for the past year and a half. And, um, you know, if you think about the major theme that we've heard from a lot of uh, entrepreneurial coaches and, and leaders and speakers, it comes back to exactly what you just talked about, which is you need to take care of yourself and you need to know exactly what you're trying to accomplish and be intentional about it and, and do it and have the discipline to do it. Uh, otherwise, you, you know, it's again, I've said this a couple of times, so it's the tail wagging the dog. You're not really driving your schedule and your objectives and your routine, which helps accomplish everything else you want to accomplish with your family and business, but you're allowing it to do it for you. And so, you know, to have the same level of structure and operational discipline that you have in your business to your personal life really can pay huge dividends. So no more 7am calls for you. Yeah. And I, uh, I've got to keep remembering that our net results 
at the end of whatever time period you want to measure is an accumulation of a bunch of small choices that maybe didn't feel like it was a big deal in the moment. Like mm-hmm. to skip one day of your morning routine, like, is that really that big of a deal? And then you make that excuse or I make that excuse tomorrow mm-hmm. and I make it the day after and I make it the day after and I go to bed at night committing that tomorrow is going to be different. And then I wake up again and I fail myself again and I'm done with that routine. I'm tired of disappointing myself. Yep. Yeah, it's important. And, and you know, to, to your point, uh, it's so easy to look at that one miss and go, ah, I do that when I, when I travel, when I try, I work out pretty daily when I'm at home, when I travel, I'm like, ah, I'm traveling. I, you know, what's one day I'm not going to do it. And then, you know, you travel for a few weeks in a row and <laughs> you've just given back everything that you worked on. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden uh, the, the accumulation of all the small decisions adds up and there's a consequence at the end of that. So, yeah, I love the way that, you know, to, to close out this topic, you know, when you talk about what's the one thing that I can do in 2022 to uh, be more intentional, having my best year ever. And it's stick to my routine, mm. stick, stick to my morning routine, right? It, it's really the morning that kicks off the day for you. And, um, you know, I think that's important. I, I think it's, it's critical. And I think for me, if I was to boil that one thing into, to, for me, it's, uh, you know, cause I said, the one thing I want to do is, is bring back the good old days, but then it's like, well, how do I do that? Um, for me, it's not necessarily the morning routine. I feel for me, it's more of, you know, that one thing would be intentionality about my upcoming schedule. Uh, I want to be able to look at every week, which I know is impossible to say every week, but in a, in a perfect world, I'd be excited about every single 52 weeks of the year. There's something going on 52 weeks of year where I just am so pumped for next week. Mm-hmm. so pumped for next week uh, and capturing all of those memories. So I really want to be intentional about that 52 week planner, if you will, and, and what I'm going to do within it um, and, and make sure that if there is a week, there's a gap that I figure out what I'm going to do in that week to, to be intentional, make sure that's a great week. That's good. Let's shift over to uh, one thing that entrepreneurs should keep in mind in 2022. Yeah. I, I, I would say, why are you doing what you're doing would be mine. Um, I think that a lot of business people, whether they were in corporate America or small business or entrepreneurs have had to ask themselves that question in the past couple of years. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Uh, am I doing it for a paycheck? Am I doing it to get to retirement? Am I doing it uh, to create financial freedom? Am I doing it for just freedom in general? What? Why am I doing it? Um, and I think that's becoming more and more and more important. Uh, if you're running a business and, you ha- and you've been running it for 5, 10, 15 years, and you're still not exactly where you want to be, are you sure you know where you want to be? Because I believe that most entrepreneurs... If there was one thing, if we surveyed all the entrepreneurs in the world and said, what's the one thing you're doing this business for? It would probably be for freedom. They started their own, but they want to be in control of their own destiny. They didn't want to have to report to somebody with vacation time and controlling how much they're going to get paid. They want to have that freedom, that financial freedom, that time freedom that entrepreneurism can give you. Although that would be the resounding response, I think the majority of entrepreneurs don't experience it. And that is a problem. 
that is why there's a lot of entrepreneurial coaches out there. There's a lot of content around entrepreneurs because everybody's trying to reach out to entrepreneurs and say, okay, hold on a second. Uh, you're working yourself into the ground. You're not enjoying the good old days with your family. Uh, you're, you're not experiencing that and you haven't accomplished the financial freedoms yet. Are you sure you're on the right track? What is your why you're doing this business? Be crystal clear on what that is because it's not, usually it's not all about money. Uh, it's about freedom. And, you know, if you can get to a point where you've accomplished the freedom of your time, because you've created great systems, great succession in your business, where you don't have to be there every single minute, and you're able to accomplish what you need economically uh, to, to you know, have that economic engine work for you, you know, what is that, what is that point? And filter all of your decisions through that. Because way too many times as entrepreneurs, we get too egotistical on the, I want to grow, 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 grow. But maybe growth isn't the right thing to accomplish that objective. Maybe you should be pulling back a little bit. Maybe you shouldn't be hiring more people. Uh, maybe you should be changing your paradigm on what are you actually trying to accomplish. Um, and I think that goes beyond a couple things, Rich. I think like, for example, way too many entrepreneurs spend, um, overspend time analyzing the finances of their business and underanalyzing the finances of their life hmm. and understanding what do we need? What, what is my objective? What am I trying to secure? What do I need for enjoyment of life and to achieve certain things I want to achieve personally? And I see that way too many times where their, their business finances are tight and structured and there's plans and pro formas. They know exactly what they're going to be accomplishing. And personally, they're not really sure what they need to accomplish the life they want on a personal front. So you know, for me, it just comes all the way back to being intentional about what are you trying to do and then create a personal plan that goes along with your business versus just creating a business plan for the sake of having a business plan. Mm. Great point. And isn't it ironic that in the pursuit of freedom, many entrepreneurs handcuff themselves? Yes, I've been there. I've been there. And, and it's, it's, it's tough to get out of you know, there, there's, there's a reason you said the word handcuff, you know, when you're in handcuffs, someone needs to have the key to help you out because mm. uh, you're in trouble. And, and that typically is you've grown too fast. You've hired too many people. You know, you don't want to let them go because you have a soft heart. You, you get caught in this, in this component of, of, you know, being an entrepreneur, but you're not accomplishing the things you really meant to accomplish by being an entrepreneur in the first place. So realign those priorities, know what you want, and then start making those decisions are going to help you get there. If you keep putting off, the good old days will happen after I get this next product out, after I make that next sale, after we hit this next revenue or profit mark, and you'll never actually get to the good old days to tie that back into your second point there. Yeah, that's right. And, mo and most entrepreneurs, I mean, let's call a space spade. Most entrepreneurs are, also have young families. And so you have to balance that mix by the time to your point, you make that new product, you make that new sale, you get your business to X or Y or Z. You'll look back and go, what just happened? I, I just missed the whole boat uh, of other things life was offering me. Um, you know, and, and so you really need to think through that on a personal finance level, uh, as well as business finance level to figure out what is that point? What am I trying to accomplish and, and I've always been the set big goals and drive hard and it's got to be big and it's got, and my mind has completely shifted uh, over the past few years to, whoa, hold on a second. Um, what is the entrepreneur really trying to accomplish? Let's put a plan together for that. That's been a big pivot for me. That's good. I'd, uh, 
I'd say the one thing that I think entrepreneurs should keep in mind um, relates to the fact that I have not talked to a lot of entrepreneurs this year in 2021 who are failing and going out of business. Like that's just not happening in part because there's an economic wave that we are the benefactors of. Hmm. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs are really thriving, having you know career record sales in the business and as individuals. And if that's happening to an entrepreneur in 2021, and there's some career records that are happening, I would encourage entrepreneurs to consider that in part, it's happening because there's an economic wave of money that is occurring that we're not actually responsible uh, for the fruits that that wave is putting off. You know, John, I, I read this morning in preparation for our conversation was a, a late November article I read that said $5.2 trillion was put out in COVID relief costs and $1 trillion of the 5.2 was direct to taxpayers. Think about that. You got a trillion extra dollars floating around. Of course, people are going to buy more stuff. Now, here's the other part of what I'm saying, though. There's an economic wave. Well, what happens with every wave? Crash. Eventually, it's going to crash. And eventually, that wave is going to go back out to sea. And the crash, to me, is rather obvious from reading and listening to really smart people that I synthesize what they're saying. We had a complete economic shutdown and not just in the US, but like across the world, everybody wasn't going to work, which has created supply chain shortages in nearly every industry. So John, we got an extra trillion dollars floating around. People are ready to buy. During the same time we have supply chain shortage and a lack of product, it doesn't take somebody with a finance major to know that what happens in a, in a capitalistic society is you charge what the market can bear. Yep. That means is there's going to be a lot of inflation going up and people aren't going to want to buy quite as much. Eventually, this wave is going to go back out to sea. Now, I'm, it's a long way, and I'm sorry, but building to my point, which is mm. it, when this wave goes back out to sea, a lot of people are going to sit there and think about, how could I have been more prepared? I should have known this was coming. And what I challenge entrepreneurs to do and keep in mind is what today, if you reflect on, boy, in the future, that economic wave is going to go back out. What will you wish you did more of today? And you don't have to wait to be in the pain point of the economic wave leaving to ask that question. You can ask that question today. And I've asked that question of many of the entrepreneurs in our franchise system and I've heard variable answers. Uh, one of the answers is, well, I'd make hay while the sun shines. I'd really pour it on. I'd invest more. And that's typically the answer. Otherwise, it's like, I'm not sure what I would do. One person gave me a really good answer. So I don't own this answer. The one person gave me a terrific answer. And it was, when the wave goes out, I'll wish I had more cash on hand and I will wish I built better relationships. And I could not agree more. I emphatically agree that we will wish we had, as entrepreneurs, we will wish we had more cash on hand because cash is going to be king. And you've said that many times on this podcast. When the wave yep. goes back out to sea, cash is going to be king. 
and relationships are going to matter even more. So I would encourage entrepreneurs to keep in mind, squirrel that cash away and build the relationships because that wave is going to go back out to sea. And those are the things that are going to be standing that'll matter most. Whoa. Okay. There's a lot here, Rich. Um, there's a lot here. Uh, and, and I couldn't agree with everything you said more. Um, when, you know, when you talk about the trillions of dollars that went out to people and businesses, it's not just that the government had a bank account with trillions of dollars and decided to disperse it. They decided to print $5 trillion worth of money. Um, which is a problem because when the government can just print whenever they want to print, um, the currency isn't as stable and you now have this inflationary uh, currency uh, because there's more of it. Therefore it's worth less quite honestly. Um, and, and I, you know, I love, you know, hearing the example of if there was one Michael Jordan rookie card that was in pristine condition, it's worth a lot of money. If there were millions of Michael Jordan rookie cards that are in pristine condition, it wouldn't be worth anything because everybody has one. So scarcity is an issue. And when you print more of a currency, there's less scarcity. Therefore, it's worth less. Uh, this is why we're seeing a lot in the news media what's going on with Bitcoin uh, as a digital gold, as an example, because it's, it's more scarce than gold itself. Um, and so you're seeing this this whole new wave economically of cryptocurrencies that are coming in and going, hey, you know, the, the U.S. currency, which most of the world pegs itself on, uh, is no longer credible uh, because of printing. Then you have inflationary of just regular prices, right? I was looking at something uh, last week on Twitter that, you know, uh, in 1975, I can't remember the exact year, you know, it cost uh, 25 cents for a Big Mac. Hmm. Right now, a Happy Meal with a Big Mac is probably like eleven or twelve dollars, uh, depending on where you are. Probably fifteen if you're in Canada. Um, and so, massive inflation is coming, which also leads to why we can't get staffing, because you know you you put an ad out there for fifteen dollars an hour. Well, for fifteen dollars an hour, they don't want to do your job, because for fifteen dollars an hour, they can get a better job over here. Uh, with better benefits. And so this whole great resignation and staffing crisis, which then feeds into supply chain because no one wants to work in the manufacturing facility for 15 cents or $15 an hour. They want to work for $25 an hour. And then the cost of product comes up and it's just this whole economic wheel. You are right. Um, you know, things go in cycles. And when the cycles are being controlled, we're putting ourselves in a position where it's going to crash. It's going to go the other way. There is going to be a recession of some kind, sometime. That's inevitable. We don't know when it's going to be. We don't know how long this can be propped up. But what are you doing to prepare? And and I love, love, love cash and relationships. It, it plays to both of those. Um, I promoted a video on here many, many times. There was a video I watched uh, in the middle of the pandemic crisis back in 2020 that I thought was the best video I ever watched. Hmm. Best video I ever watched. And I sent it out to other entrepreneurs who commented back, this is the best video I ever watched. And it was about cash. And it, it was really uh, a model to which entrepreneurs should be looking at their businesses differently. Because when you ask a business to be evaluated, they first take out the P&L. 
the profit and loss statement, and then they take a look at the balance sheet. And uh, this video really talked about how to measure your net operating cash flow. Is your business making money or not? Making cash or not? Um, and I loved the way that they looked at it. And if you're not looking at your business that way, you're not going to be able to put cash away. You can't look at your P&L and say, I made $100,000 last month. It, doesn't, it may not mean anything. You got to look at your net operating cash flow and say, I made $100,000 cash last month. Uh, and so that's very, very important to stockpile uh, cash assets. And, and to, to further that, you know, keep that cash on your balance sheet. Uh, you know, one saying that one of uh, our, our common business mentors brought to us at one point was when a recession hits, it's those with a strong balance sheet, and that's where the cash is stored. And it's those with a strong balance sheet that survive and are able to grow and flourish because when a recession hits, they can afford to hire the sales reps. They can afford to maybe acquire a smaller business that, you know, can't, you know, can't survive this crash. Um, so, so I think that's, that's important as well. And then on the relationship side, it doesn't matter if it's employees, vendors, partners, your network, um, relationships are so key. And way too many leader entrepreneurs who don't treat their relationships like gold are going to get burned when they realize they're not there for them, you know, the way that they should have been. So uh, really, really love that, uh, you know, that, that the way you've presented that. And I think it's, I, I hope it doesn't happen in 2022, mm -hmm. uh, but in 2022, you got to start building up the fort to be ready for that next wave. So I, I love that. Um, it, if we transition to one additional component here, Rich, just, you know, I know you wanted to keep it in threes, but I'm going to add the fourth. Sure. What is one tool? that you may use in 2022 to help you with your plan. And, and you know, for example, uh, you had, you know, you want to have the daily accountability to your routine as an example. Is there anything you're going to be put in place to measure that or hold yourself accountable? Any tools you're going to use differently than you've used last year from your, your planning perspective or weekly planning? I think I could do better at having a daily tool and I don't have one. And there are lots of people that have a, a daily planner that they'll buy that prompts questions about gratitude and, you know, what is success mean today and then measuring it at the end of the day. I don't know what exactly I want to be on that, but I would like to start using a daily tool. And I think that would help me because there would be kind of a record of the use of that daily tool and that daily tool could fit in. And, and it only needs to be a five minute thing from what I've heard from others who have used a daily tool. Um, mm -hmm. Five minutes after my book reading, before I get on calls at eight o'clock in the morning, I can hop on that daily tool and include whatever I want to include in terms of mindset wise. So I'd like to get into that as a tool for me. What about you? Yeah, that's interesting. So, you know, you know, this from all of our conversations on these podcasts, um, at the end of last year, when we had this exact same conversation, uh, I implemented two things in 2021 that worked for me, um, but didn't quite get me all the way there. Uh, one of them was the one thing planner. So I did spend $30, $40 on this one thing planner. Um, I used it throughout the whole year, but I found the one thing planner to be really, really good at asking me thought provoking questions 
at the end of every month in preparation for the next month, at the end of every quarter in preparation for the next quarter. It didn't help me as much in the week to week, like I talked about earlier, uh, or even in the day to day for that matter. Because the other component that I added was this blank sheet of paper at 20 minutes a day. And what I would do in this blank sheet of paper 20 minutes a day is I'd first start with gratitude uh, yesterday, today. And I didn't need a format. It was just on a notepad. But yesterday, what am I grateful for yesterday, today? What am I grateful for today? And then I would actually, in the blank sheet of paper, write what are the tasks that I have that are like logged up in my mind that I got to kind of take care of. And I'd copy from yesterday's if I didn't get yesterday's done. And then I would do 20 minutes of thinking time on this paper on wherever else I wanted to go. I felt, I felt like that worked really, really well for me in the daily component. The problem with the daily component for me is I would get up every day and go, okay, what's going on today? And I would look at what's going on today as opposed to looking, okay, well, how am I going to make next week a great week? And so it's interesting. I, I went from the one thing planner helps you plan out kind of your year objectives and then your quarterly and your monthly to a day. And I skipped the week. <laughs> mm. So uh, I need uh, an easy and simple tool that I want to look at the next week, early the prior week. So if, if today is a Monday, as an example, I want to look today. One of the objectives I want to have today is what am I doing next week? Mm. Wouldn't that be, be an interesting daily question is what are you going to do today to make next week great? And yeah, ask that every day. Like, And again, I'm just trying to filter what you're great. saying through the lens of what I'm trying to do on the daily part is instead of asking it once a week, ask it every day, like anything you could do today to make next week. Great. Yeah. Cause it fits back to our earlier conversation. I felt like in 2021, even though I had a plan, I was working kind of day to day and to accomplish that plan. So every day it was a new day. Okay. What do I got going on today? But then I get through a whole week and I didn't really do anything that was exciting that week. I didn't really have a full thought in the whole week. And so I want to be more intentional about those weeks. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit and start having, you know, a week ahead planning, or if not two or three weeks ahead planning into my routine. Well, if we look at the last piece of our conversation today on just reflecting on the podcast, I can't help but start with gratitude for you and our relationship and being able to connect once a week and talk to just great minds, absolute experts in their field, just mental giants that we get to ask the questions of and pick a way to get answers to things we're genuinely curious about on the bet that our listeners may be curious also and they may think like us. Um, I appreciate our consistency. You and I have never missed. We've never blown each other off. We've actually only been blown off maybe twice by any guest ever. Uh, our consistency when we make a commitment to follow through is second to none and particularly to each other. So I appreciate doing this with you and the reconnection that we've had on a weekly basis and the, the knowledge and wisdom we've been able to take part in. And I've integrated it in places in my business and personal life. Frankly, I wasn't expecting. It has transformed my thinking and my action more than what I would have guessed. Just, hey, let's, John and I are doing a podcast. Okay, great. Like, mm, it's been transformational for me and I appreciate doing it with you. Yeah, you know, very well said. I mean, as we enter into season three here of Entrepreneurs United podcast, I think a lot of times you start something with an idea in mind of why you're doing it or what you plan to get out of it. Um, it's been incredibly enriching and 
probably one of the best sharpening of the saw mechanisms mm. that I've ever had for myself. Uh, you and I both read or have read a lot of books, listen to podcasts. Uh, you know, we're, we're sponges to learning more about leadership and entrepreneurship. There's no better mechanism to be here with you talking with some of these experts in their fields. And, you know, when we started this, uh, it, it had this, this certain component of let's see where it goes. Uh, and let's see if, if it's benefiting not only ourselves, but also our listeners. And I certainly feel from my perspective, learned a lot, sharpened the saw, expanded my network, giving me new ideas to think about, um, has helped me as a leader and entrepreneur. And uh, I know it's helped several others I've spoken to who listen to the podcast and gain something out of it. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of times I come in these podcasts, if I can learn one thing, and I typically walk out with like five or six each podcast of new sayings or acronyms or learnings that I can pull out. And to your point, uh, so many times I'm talking to or coaching other entrepreneurs and I'm like, oh, you, you should go listen to this episode with blank uh, because we talked about that specifically and learned from an expert in that specific domain. So couldn't be uh, more excited about what 2022 has to offer for our podcast and guests and conversations. And uh, as as you said, you know, a lot of gratitude for, for you as well. And, Wish you all the best in 2022. Right back at you.